All right, folks, once again, uh, Tim Cohen joins me. Uh, you were a big hit with the Antichrist stuff. A lot of people requested you back, and now we got more to talk about. We're going to talk about a completely different subject, uh, non-terrestrial life seeded from Earth, and he's going to show us proof. So he's going to state his case on my show that all life was seeded on Earth, even if it's in this beyond our Earth in the, on the moon or on Mars or Wherever he's going to prove that all life seated here on this planet. But first, folks, but first, noble gold. Did you know Bank of America is saying gold will go to 2,000, 2,200, 2,200 this year, an all time high? Invest in gold IRA with noble gold investments today and take advantage of this rare opportunity to secure your retirement savings. With the experts at Noble Gold Investments, you can you can ride the wave of gold's historic rise to financial security. This month, they're offering a solid silver five-ounce America the Beautiful coin with every qualifying precious metals IRA or 401k rollover. Um, hurry now and go to noblegoldinvestments.com to secure your wealth. Bag a free five-ounce America the Beautiful coin if you qualify, folks. NobleGoldInvestments.com, NobleGoldInvestments.com, folks. Bank failures, we're living in a very, we're living in an economic massive crisis, and uh, I suggest getting gold and silver. That's what I'm doing. I'm personally doing that myself. Hit the link below. It's down there below, folks. Hit the link below. Tim, welcome back on to Nino's Corner. Thank you. Happy to be with you, David. So I find you very interesting. Okay. I find you very interesting. I find, you know, the, the King Charles Antichrist video is doing pretty well on my, on my show. Uh, it's fun. Um, you know, a lot of people leaving their opinions, people going back and forth. I think you give a lot of credible information and I loved it. So I'm glad to have you back on here. Thank you. So I'm going to rock people's world here again today. <laughs> Maybe more. Oh, boy. This is, I mean, I love having these subjects, man. I, I, I love it because I love to think outside the box. I mean, I have a very open mind. Um, I, I, I just, I just say, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I love to hear all cases. I want to leave no stone unturned. All right. Speaking of stones, we're going to talk about non-terrestrial life today. Okay. And what I call fake aliens besides humanoids. You know, a lot of people talk about the humanoids who come in anti-gravity craft like UFOs and that kind of thing. They're real, and I'll give a brief explanation for well, them. Yeah, I, I've I've heard they're real. You know, I, they are real. Bizarre. You can't really go against what he says, too. I mean, he shows a lot of credible credible evidence. Yeah, Bob Lazar is a real participant. He's a real witness. He's not fake. So okay. he's one of the few who's come out publicly who's not fake. Okay, but he does not know what I'm going to share today. In fact, he's absolutely clueless about what I'm going to share today. Okay. So uh, that being said, um, I'll give a bit of a background on that. And the fact that these humanoids are actually related to us because they came from us, not the other way around. But I'm going to talk about and show what's actually elsewhere in our solar system. But before I do all that, we need a brief scientific background on fossilization here on Earth because most people don't know something they need to know. So let me share. I, I will say out here in the right desert, now. in the desert here, uh, I, the, uh, supposedly millions of years ago, it was underwater. I see seashells in the desert, like on rocks, in the colossal fossils. They're all over. They're littered here in the desert. In fact, you can find seashells at the top of the Giza pyramids. Really? Very top. Uh -huh. Wow, in the stone. Encrusted in the uh, stone and what's between them. So, wow. Yes. Would that be due so to the flood, pyramids is what you're saying? Were, 
Yeah, those pyramids, the whole earth, you know, including those pyramids were underwater. Those are pre-flood pyramids, the ones at Giza, which is why they don't have the same Egyptian artwork in them that you see in other pyramids that look more primitive, subsequently built. And most of the pyramids on earth are actually still buried beneath the sediment, including in our oceans under the water. There are many, many pyramids built on earth before Noah's flood. I've heard, that, I've heard Antarctica has them everywhere as well. Um, I don't know for I don't know for a fact that they're in Antarctica, but I would presume that they definitely are. I can't prove that, but there's all right, Tim, to state your case. Right. This is going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to this show, and I need to share my screen. All right, do you see this image on your screen? Pegasaurus, or what is that? A, a that's a notosaur. It's considered to be one of the best flash fossilized fossils ever found on Earth. You'll notice it's wow. not a skeleton. It's yeah. not bones. In fact, inside of what you're looking at, you would see the organs preserved. If you were to do a section of it, you'd slice right through the organs. You'd see the internal structure of the organs, the brain, down to the cellular level, the cells themselves. Wow. It's not just bone. Most people still today don't realize that this is actually a fairly common form of fossilization. They just see bones. You know, museums, and they assume, well, that's what fossils are. It took somebody seven years to chisel this. This is the same creature out of rock. It's about 30 feet in length. It took seven years to chisel this out of rock. It was completely buried, you know, in sediment and fossilized. Wow. Same thing. Again, about 30 feet in length. So the head here is about three feet. So it's like a Komodo dragon horny toad. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big dinosaur. Yeah. But... This thing here is, if this is all you saw, just the top portion of this head, would you think it was anything other than a rock? Uh, no, that looks like a lizard to me. No, I mean, if, okay, let's, let's, let's maybe ask about it at a different angle. All right. If you saw something like this right here, just the nose sticking just, out of the ground, yeah, would you sure, realize it was something other than a rock? Okay. Right. Yeah. In other words, it took a lot of effort for somebody to remove that from the earth and show it to people. Right. But the coloration is actually exposed. The The pigmentation of the scales is actually preserved as well in the fossil. So that brief introduction to the fact that there are such fossils on Earth, the way that this occurred as opposed to turning to bones before fossilizing is it had to be completely buried in sediment with a lot of warm water, you know, or just warm water with a lot of bacteria, either one, with a large amount of salts in the water, certain combinations of bacteria salts, and the water has to be warm. It has to be a certain temperature range. And in that circumstance, a creature can fossilize uh, within hours to days, sometimes up to a month, but very, very rapidly, completely turn to stone, in other words. Too quickly for it to just be bones, you know, when it's finished the process of fossilization. Now, I show in my upcoming Solar Apocalypse series... Let me just point that one out for a moment. Right here. Mm -hmm. That there are many such fossils on Earth, but I go into the background of fossilization in actual scientific detail, a lot more information than we just talked about. Okay. Or that I just mentioned. But uh, in this, I also point out that titans exist, kaiju-sized creatures, Godzilla-sized creatures out of Asian mythology. Right. They actually existed, including on Earth. So in this series, when I get to the volume on Earth, which is really this first volume also, 
I will give evidence for a creature that's over 500 feet in length, a sea creature on Earth that can be excavated today, already partially exposed on Earth's surface. Okay. Flash fossilized. So um, partially exposed part, the bones are what you see above the surface. What's beneath the surface is actually flash fossilized like that notosaur. Which so it had to happen at a one boom fossilized. massive event at one time. Not just at one time, you know, very quickly, but a creature that is multiple times larger than the largest dinosaur that they admit, you know, is known to paleontology on Earth. So doesn't this kind of go with the whatever the meteorite or the asteroid hitting Earth 66 million years ago and wiping out the dinosaurs? Or are you saying this yeah. happened during the flood? Well, it does, but Earth itself is only a little over five. Well, it's just under 6,000 years old. Let me put it that way. So. All these things, all the fossilization that we see on Earth, et cetera, happened within thousands of years ago. So about uh, 43 to 44 centuries ago in between is when it all happened. And even with carbon dating and that whole thing, that's a flawed system, correct? That's what you're going to tell me? Carbon dating is valid until you get to the flood. After that, it's not valid. So what happens is it measures the decay of carbon-12 to carbon. Um, I want to say carbon-14, but anyway... We know what the decay rate is, and the rate is affected by solar radiation you know, striking the surface of the Earth primarily. Okay. Earth's atmosphere was different before the flood, so that that solar radiation wasn't actually reaching Earth's surface, which is the same reason we didn't see a rainbow on the planet prior to Noah's flood. Earth had a thicker atmosphere with a water vapor canopy. And so what happened is that light, including the radiation, actually deflected out of the atmosphere before it ever struck the surface of the Earth. Mm because the atmosphere was much thicker and, and it was denser with a water vapor canopy. So the, the, the sun, the the sun rays were not as strong, correct? It was, so it was a lot dimmer on Earth? or No, it wasn't dimmer, but the radiation wasn't striking the surface of the Earth. Because if it was a water canopy on top, right, that would block out the sun, wouldn't it? For the most it was cloudier. 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 I'm going to put it that way. Like a big <laughs> fog, basically, over the Earth, you say? Yeah, but bright, so there was plenty of light. And okay. undoubtedly, you didn't see a cloud, because... You can go to the Amazon today mm -hmm. and look up at the sky and you see a blue sky and you don't see clouds. Mm -hmm. What you don't know is that over your head is super saturated rivers of water. Interesting. Okay. That's the whole atmosphere was like that before the flood. Okay. You wouldn't necessarily see a cloud everywhere, in other words. That gotcha. water would be there, however. Right. So mm. so that being said. Would that have been would that would that have been the firmament? Yes. And what that means, though, so the firmament is not there the anymore. Though, part right? of it. It's there, but it's part of the firmament. So, okay. okay, the atmosphere. But what I'm wanting to get to is everything prior to that collapse of that water vapor canopy atmosphere, that mm -hmm. thicker atmosphere, the ratio of the production of carbon 12 to carbon 16 or 14, whatever it was, for some reason my mind's not working on that today. But whatever that ratio, you know, the production wasn't happening before the flood. So everything prior to the flood would seem to be very old if you're making the same assumptions about the rate of the production, you know, of that decay. Everything prior to Noah's flood would look very old compared to today. So the flood was the result of the vapor canopy collapse. No. That was only part of it. It was much more than that. So Okay. I'll get to what triggered the flood when we talk about what killed the dinosaurs. Okay. And explain all that. But uh, right now, let me just point out that these fossils exist. 
And there are more flash fossilized fossils to be found on Earth than are realized. And a lot of it is buried on Earth because of our weathering patterns, because we still have a very active atmosphere, you know, with water, rain, flooding, etc. You know, and the continents are still moving apart. For a lot of reasons, there's a great deal of weathering on Earth, including burial of things like this early on. So they had to be completely dug up. So now to your question on Earth. Prior to the flood on Earth, uh, our solar system was much more habitable. So that means that the moon had a liquid water ocean and an atmosphere, our moon. Mars had a, uh, had a denser, more or less breathable atmosphere with lower gravity than Earth. There were one or more planetary bodies between Mars and Jupiter that no longer exist that were blown to bits by God before the flood. He blew them up. Why did he do that? Well, the Nephilim, biblically, who are human-angel hybrids, who were created after the fall of mankind by fallen angels, some certain group of fallen angels came into human women. And in Genesis 6, it tells us, you know, he calls them sons of God, these angels, came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. You know, it tells us that they took them as wives in here. Whether they you know, forcibly took them and raped them, you know, probably in many cases, whether they went voluntarily, maybe in some cases, but these sons of God were fallen angels and they impregnated these human women and produced hybrids, which were the Nephilim, the human angel hybrids, which are corporeal like you and I, but when disembodied, you know, killed in other words, became the demons that roamed the earth. That's the difference between demons and angels. Demons are actually hybrids between humans and angels and fallen, of course, like us. Right. So they seek to possess bodies. I go into that brief background because the Nephilim were chimeras from the start. And when we talk about this thing of God sending, you know, his son through a virgin birth, you know, with the first mm-hmm. intimation of that here in Genesis 3.15, to defeat the enemy, his adversary, Satan, and the fallen angels, right? Mm-hmm. This was not quite chimeric. Christ was fully human, but it didn't involve you know, the uh, seed, the sperm of a male human being to produce Christ. God provided the other half of the genome directly for Christ, okay, supernaturally. Satan and the fallen angels took that idea and decided, well, let's do our own version of it and produce the Nephilim, a small group, excuse me, of fallen angels to produce the human angel hybrids. The human angel hybrids, the Nephilim in turn, which were wicked creatures, decided that they would set about remaking life on earth in their own image, hybridizing life on earth. So they took what God made and tried to make it bigger, better, faster. And in doing that, they produced the dangerous dinosaurs, which I believe were not part of God's original creation. So for example, uh, T-Rex, Velociraptor, these dangerous ones that we know about from the fossil record, we also know today that they're actually hybrids between birds and reptiles. Right, and in fact, that they had. So you're feathers. saying they were created after man. Yes, but not by God directly. They were produced through genetic engineering and hybridization between you know from creatures that got which, which they're doing so, and, and which they're doing now, right? I mean, which they're currently doing in these deep underground. Well, from what I've heard, experimentations in these deep underground military bases. Yes, and it isn't just them. There have been biologists who've come out publicly 
you know, and said they're trying to reverse engineer dinosaurs. They've actively been working on this. Would you say like Bigfoot and the 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 Sasquatch and all these are the same result from the Nephilim? Or I don't know enough. Yeah, I don't know enough about Bigfoot or Sasquatch to say something like that. Could just be an ape. Could be a fraud. You know, it's there's not enough information that I have on that to say it's legitimate or illegitimate either way. Gotcha. I don't have photographic proof either. You know, everything that I say, I have photographic proof to back, and I'm going to share some of that today. So I'm not just speculating. In other words, when I say these things, Mm -hmm. I have firsthand knowledge of a lot of these things. So um, that being said, um, God wiped out the things that he didn't intend to exist with Noah's flood on earth. We don't see the dangerous dinosaurs on earth today. They're gone, right? They're all dead. Far as we know, mm-hmm. you know, anything that you know is accessible to human beings I mean, that is right. Alligators, maybe you know. Yeah, but I'm going to say they were created by God originally. Okay. Yep. In other words, the Nephilim took reptiles like alligators and creatures like birds and a variety of other creatures, in fact, to produce every kind of chimera they could imagine that they could. But you, but you will say that there are survivors of this, right? Obviously, yes, there are, and I'm gonna I'm going to go further with this here in a bit. But the main point I want to get to here: two points. There is such a thing as flash fossilization, where creatures turn to stone very rapidly, and their exterior preserve appearance is preserved sometimes so well that they look like they're still alive. And I'm going to show examples, and then. Uh, in other cases, they just turn to bones. And then secondly, that the Nephilim set about to, to corrupt and remake life on earth. And of course, life on earth became very violent, which is why God brought the flood on earth to wipe everything out, you know, other than what he brought aboard Noah's Ark. And so humanity had over a hundred years, you know, when the flood was being forewarned to mankind. Of course, the fallen angels, the Nephilim all heard that stuff too. You know, when those warnings were coming, I believe, however, that the Nephilim said about almost from the beginning in any gravity craft that they produced or were given to them either way to seed the whole solar system, you know, when it was more habitable and they seeded, and I'm going to provide proof of this, the one or more planetary bodies that did exist. So you're saying they came from here and they seeded the solar system, not the other way around, because a lot of people will say, no, 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 no. Aliens came here and seeded humanity. You're going to say, no, that's wrong. They seeded the solar system galaxy universe. Yes, it all came from here. And it wasn't intended to be that way. God made the solar system more habitable from the beginning beginning so that mankind could one day expand into it in a natural way. The fallen angels and then the Nephilim spoiled all that. They corrupted these worlds. And as a consequence, God uh, destroyed one or more planetary bodies, however many there were, between Mars and Jupiter producing the asteroid belt, and then pelting the solar system, almost all of the solar system. So Mars got struck, you know, ripping away a portion of its atmosphere, very badly damaging its surface, burning portions of its surface, and pitting its surface. Our moon was struck very badly so that the entire atmosphere was ripped away from the moon. The whole surface of the moon was subjected to fire and ash rained down on the surface of the moon. That's the gray dust that you see on the moon today. It's all ash. And underneath that ash to this day is still enough water on the moon 
to where if you were to melt it just on the surface, there's enough water, to where if you were to melt it, the entire surface of our moon today would be covered in water, the whole thing. Right. Many meters deep, an ocean of water, literally. That's how deep it would be on our moon today. So our moon was also densely populated with these hybrids. I have proof, and I'll show some examples today. But the comets and asteroids in our solar system, uh, macroevolutionists claim that they are the building blocks for planetary bodies, you know, astrophysicists who are macroevolutionists, who believe in billions of years instead of thousands. You know, they claim that these things coalesced from gases, you know, to dust, to clumps of dirt, you know, not actually that quickly, to smaller bodies and, you know, just keeps on accumulating through gravity over billions of years till you get bodies that are the equivalent of the comets and asteroids we see and that those would continue to clump together till you get, you know, small moonlets and then, or, or planetary bodies, you know, the size of moonlets, all the way up to planets, right? Right. And stars, suns. Well, that's all nonsense. If that were true, comets and asteroids would only have gas in them, you know, frozen ice, perhaps some very simple chemicals, not biological chemicals, most likely of any kind. And they would be fairly uniform, you know, in their composition. You would not see complex biology exposed on their surfaces all over them. You would not see extremely rough surfaces with highly differentiating colors among the objects on the surfaces. There have now been three space agencies that have visited multiple comets and asteroids in our solar system, photographed a number of comets up close, and that would be NASA, the European Space Agency, and JAXA, Japan Space Agency. In all cases, every object that they have photographed, including up close, where you can see the surface, is filled with complex biological fossils exposed in the surfaces, sometimes complete carcasses of creatures, dead there and frozen. I'm going to give an example here today for people to see. That proves that those objects are debris, not building blocks. And that's the point. So Earth, when you look in Genesis uh, concerning the flood and what transpired, you know, God bringing the flood because of wickedness of mankind, when you get to the actual events of the flood, it says the windows of heaven were opened. A lot of Christians look at that and they think, well, it means it rained a lot, right? That right. there was a huge downpour. And you know, many Christians who are creationists at this point understand that the earth had a thicker atmosphere and a water vapor canopy, you know, as part of that, you know, basically not just a river of water, you know, th- and running through portions of the upper atmosphere, but the whole upper atmosphere, you know, like that. And so they understand that, you know, those who are creationist scientists, but many look at this thing about the windows and what they don't recognize in, in a lot of cases is that this is actually talking about holes being punched through Earth's atmosphere with the earth being struck. So if you were standing on the surface of the planet under that, you know, if you could still breathe and you looked up, you would literally see the blackness of space. The atmosphere right there would be gone, you know, having been split, ripped apart temporarily, you know, before it collapsed back in. Okay. So what triggered the flood is multiple bombardments from comets and asteroids from this destructed planetary body or bodies between Mars and Jupiter. Earth was struck, but before that, the moon also was struck. And that's one reason that one side of the moon is more damaged than the other and has more cratering 
than the other. And in fact, we know there's a large asteroid that's actually embedded just under the surface of the moon, you know, where it was struck. So the moon shielded Earth, actually, from the worst of it. So Earth was not so damaged, for example, as Mars or the moon itself. That being said, there are multiple impact craters on Earth. And that's when the dinosaurs were wiped out. But it wasn't just the craters and the fires that did that, the bombardment that did that. When that happened, Earth also had a supercontinental shell or supercontinent, whichever model you subscribe to. There are good arguments both ways. And it had a geyser system built into that shell or supercontinent that watered the surface of the Earth, kind of like a hot spring geyser, but all over, like a built-in sprinkler system that was natural on the surface of the Earth. And it never rained from the sky. You know, prior to Noah's flood, never happened. It never rained. Never, ever. The only water that would come sprinkling down would be from the geyser system that the springs built all over, you know, into the crust of the earth, all over by God. Kind of so like a natural spray. sprinkler system. Yes, a mist. a mist. A natural sprinkler system, you know, to moisten the atmosphere and um, to provide water to plants and animals. So when the bombardment happened, there were pillars under this super shell or supercontinent that got broken. The crust of the earth itself was fractured in multiple places and water that was under the surface of the earth. And by the way, there's still a lot under the surface of the earth today, but water that was under the surface of the earth then came up through those cracks and flooded from beneath the whole surface that was beginning to sink down toward the core of the earth. Simultaneously, the water vapor canopy that was in the atmosphere was collapsed by God through that bombardment. Both those things happened at the same time. So the earth flooded from above, you know, with it raining for 40 days and 40 nights, all that water being flushed out of the atmosphere, and it flooded from beneath. And with that, the angular momentum of the earth increased and the spin on the axis increased. So the earth was rotating a little faster. We got 360 and you believe, you believe, let me ask you this. Three, instead of 360 days per year. You believe the earth is round, correct? It's a sphere, yes. Okay. It is a sphere. But everything else in the Bible is literal to you. Does the Bible even say if the earth is flat around? Uh, it says it's a sphere, Isaiah, but it does not say it's flat. People can get confused because they know that there are cardinal directions, right? North, right. south, east, west. And right, right. Scripture talks about the four corners of the earth, but it's because it's talking about the cardinal directions. It's not meaning literal corners okay. in that case, because it also calls the earth a sphere. And it says God sits on the circle of the earth. And when it says that, it means from it any disc? perspective. No, because it means from any perspective. You know, God is everywhere, right? Yeah. From any perspective, the earth is a circle. So it's a sphere. But, you know, we look at everything else in the universe, too, including the solar system. Everything we can see is a sphere. Right? That isn't right. debris. I mean, like the the pictures that I've seen, if I trust the pictures, I mean, I don't know. I don't never. I look at the moon. It's a sphere. It looks like a, a round ball to me. Well, and we can see Mars and other planetary bodies actually rotating on their axis. You know, if you just ignore the Earth for a moment, and you can see that they remain round. They're a sphere. Okay? We know the Earth is orbiting the sun. There, there are lots of things like that, but that's, you know, a conversation for another day. I've, I've seen the arguments of flat earthers. I've looked at their, their science, and there are a lot of holes in it, and it's very myopic. It's wrong. So you disagree even with the geocentric earthers? Yes. Okay. I will agree with one thing, though, and that is, in fact, we have no legitimate way to know that we're 
on some arm of some spiraling Milky Way, Milky Way galaxy, the shape of the galaxy, mm-hmm. or where Earth is in it, there's no realistic way, in my opinion, to know that for sure. With the technology we have and the telescopes and so forth we have. Um, maybe I mean, at true, night I can see that. the Milky Way, and, and when it's a real clear night in New Mexico, I can see the haze of the Milky Way. That's all I know. But I don't know. But yeah. you can't get above it and see the shape of it. Correct. And you can't see precisely where the Earth is in it. Yeah, you can see sense. from Earth many other galaxies that are different shapes, you know, around the universe. That you can see. Mm. But but our own galaxy, you know, every galaxy is so big, we're so tiny, you know, compared to a galaxy. Mm-hmm. There's not enough data to actually, in my opinion, concretely prove the claims of astrophysicists for the shape of our own galaxy or Earth's position in it. Gotcha. But that being said, so that portion of the argument, I would probably agree with flat earthers, you know, in some ways. But continuing with this, uh, so I've said a little bit about the flood and how it transpired. I give more explanation elsewhere, and I'll point folks to a resource they can see separately for more information on that. But let's get into the fossils now and what's actually off Earth, because I know we don't have a ton of time. So this is a presentation that I gave to uh, Michael Sala who has done nothing with it. I did this in, uh, I think, 2016. Oh, are these the pictures that were on Mars? These are all on Mars, everything I'm showing here. And you trust the photos from Mars? Yes. This here is a creature with its tongue sticking out of its mouth. I don't know if you can see this, but these are... Let me ask you, why why do you trust the... I just want to ask that for a second. Why do you trust... I don't trust anything NASA puts out, but why do you trust these photos? Why do you believe they're legit? Uh, because there are millions and millions of these things on Mars. The CGI didn't exist to produce these and the speed you know, on the rover. The technology on the rover is not advanced enough. The rovers in some of these photos, Mars surface is not like Earth's. Um, there are a lot of things that are different. There are many creatures that are unique to Mars as hybrids. There okay. are some that are identical. You could go uh, up. And okay. you, could, you could Google Mars iguana today. And you could pull up photos of a flash fossilized iguana covered in a little mud with a couple small oh, fossils that. stuck I've in the end of its that. tail. Is that it up there? The first the one up there? No, I don't show that one in here. Okay. Now, this is a head, though, with the eyes and the tongue and an open mouth sticking out of the surface of Mars. Can you, you zoom know, in on that? It gets too blurry if I do. Okay. It's not a huge photo. I'll show some better ones, but... I presented a few hundred out of tens of thousands that I had. Can you show me the face, please? I see this thing. Yeah. Where's the two eyes, the mouth? Or I'm circling it. The eyes are right here. There's one. Okay. There's another one. So, oh, um, maybe I see. I, could... I see. It looks like a, what is it, a reptilian? Yeah, some sort of reptilian. Okay. Here it is. I don't know. You know, if I get make it too large, it gets blurry. Now, this is unedited. It's not sharpened. It's not color corrected. It's nothing. It's just. I mean, it's kind of like, it's almost like looking at clouds. You can make any kind of distinct, you know, your own personal opinion out of looking Except at for the pink tongue here. You could if that's the only one you saw. I have tens of thousands of these. So here's one with a mouth that's open like a shark with teeth. Um, you can see the two rows of teeth right here in the V-shape. This is just the end of the head of a dinosaur sticking through the surface, the mouth. But let me show some examples that are a little better that you can relate to better that have I bilateral symmetry and... Oh, I can on some of them. Some of them are big enough. So here's one with bilateral symmetry right here Mm. on Mars surface. Again, not color corrected. 
its colors are preserved. But you can see the shape here. What is this I'm looking at? Uh, what, what do you say that is? I don't know what kind of creature that is, just that it's a fossil of some sort or an artificial object, but I have reason okay. to think it's a fossil for that one. Okay. Well, let me come down to some evident ones. So here's one that's fairly obvious. Oh, wow. There are many that are quite obvious and others not so obvious. This is a creature that popped up through the surface and just died in place right there, fossilized. Looks almost like a sea creature. So sort. you're saying popped up out of the surface. You're saying it where it was living underground? No. So when Mars was struck, all the life on it was suddenly buried in many cases. Maybe not all of it, but a lot of it was suddenly buried. So scrambling to get to the surface and try to breathe, mm-hmm. you know, after that, like we would be if we suddenly got right. So water, know, water was on Mars or was it just... No, there was a lot of water. There still is. Okay, a so lot they of were water okay. on Mars. Mars had multiple oceans. I'm trying to so, understand. So it got struck, and then these creatures got disoriented, confused, needed air, correct? And then they came out of what? If it was, what is that? What am they I just at? tried to, you know, just like you and I would try to figure out which way's up, try to dig their way to the surface, and some of them made it. Yeah, then they got flash fossilized when they did. Correct. Yeah. In most cases, still buried in water. They died right there, right there. And then the water, of course, quickly evaporated because a lot of Mars' atmosphere was stripped, not all of it. Okay. But it was made thin enough to become very cold to freeze what's there. But in the process of all that, there was enough time to flash fossilize these creatures before so the you're water. So seeing, you're seeing a rock with a creature on top of the rock, kind of? Yes, on that. Okay. There are many different types. So... You know, here's well, one that has an exposed look. leg. Here's one with an exposed leg, you know, a bent knee and the head. I'll just zip down through some of these so I can try to show you some better ones among these that I showed Michael Spala that you could uh, perhaps recognize better. So here are two heads broken off at the neck, can we one on the side of the one? other. Yep. They're horse-like, one of them is. Right here. Uh-huh. That's the head. There's the nose, the mouth, the eye, the neck portion. Another head on the side of it right here. The nose, the gyri, the eye. Broken off right here. Where it fossilized. It was fossilized and it broke. You know, Mars got struck more than once. So a lot of these things fossilized. And then Mars was, you know, still being bombarded. I, I so also see a dolphin. They got broken off and I, got I see drunk. a dolphin. I see a dorsal fin. I mean, I guess, I mean, I'm just saying. I, I don't see, know what this is back No, no, here. no, right there down below, right there. Yeah. You think that, this that, is a fin? I mean, it kind of looks like a fin to me. Yeah, I think it's just the broken off part of a back at the base of a neck. Okay. But who knows, right? There right. are fins, however. I have good examples of fins, and I don't know if I've got any here that I can show you, but I want to get to some specific things. This is one of my favorites right here. This is unedited. This is a creature that's popped through the surface with its two legs. legs, its knees. Yep, they're bent. But it's popped through the surface. This is the head. If it's I the Mars uh, Sasquatch. <laughs> so if I open this one up and I just do an automatic color adjustment, you can do better if you do it manually. But uh, this is just an automatic thing. Gets to be a little bit more obvious. So that's this flash fossilized area, right mouth. there. Huh? Yeah, that's a dead one. Turned to stone. But you can see the legs and things. Mm. Sorry, my so he track was, ball is giving me trouble. Okay, so he was sitting Indian style kind of, and he got frozen. 
Well, it made it that far and it suffocated and died. And then the process also fossilized. Okay. So first they die and then they fossilize, right? Right, right, right. They die in place. So here's a beak on the end of a head. This is one that I particularly like because it's so sculpted. Let's take some right? Let's zoom in on that one. I don't know which of these is my larger one, but I enlarged some of these, but they're cropped and enlarged them. If I automatically adjust this one, and again, these are unadjusted. You can see the beak here. This is the eye area, the back of the head that comes up, then comes down right here to the neck. You know, my it's audience is going to say, like, you can kind of see what you want to see here, you know, I, which I would agree with them on this. I mean, maybe on some of them, but I'm barely getting started here. Okay. So these are reptilian heads right here. Well, let's take a look at that. Pops to the surface. I want to actually, if we keep looking at them, I'm not going to get to the best ones. So okay. I okay. want to get to some of the, the better ones for you. The one but with you the two legs. You get all kinds of pretty... very strange fossils. Yeah, the two legs, you know, can't be explained as a fossil other than as a creature. Can't be explained as a rock, I mean to say. So. Oh, what is there that? are lots of strange ones. Which one? Uh, it looks like a keyhole. This? Right yeah. I think that that's a fossil of a creature that's sitting upright. Or a structure, correct? Maybe. But I think it's a fossil of a creature. There are photos it's I like have. a doorway or something. Yeah, there are photos I have of actual structures that are very obvious, including the tip of a pyramid on Mars' surface, photographed up close, high resolution. So... You know, like my tile floor, you know, like one and a half foot by one and a half foot tiles. If you see something like that, I've got a photo of a wall on Mars with tiles like that, completely flat, completely square with the lines well-defined between them. Perpendicular in every case. Perfect wall exposed from the side of a hill on Mars. So there are all kinds of artificial things on Mars, too. Right now, we're just looking at creatures, um, some heads. So these are just things that I was willing to show to Michael Sala years ago. Okay. Here's a creature fossilized between some rocks. Here's its eyes. It's colorful. The legs are down here, but stuck between a couple of rocks, fossilized. Um, and I'm showing some of these because I showed different ones in many cases. In the presentation, I'll share in a minute with your audience that they can see on YouTube. These are some others in some cases. Here's a fossilized head. Um And I want to get down to some good ones here. So this is one that I like, big bird's beak, oh. kind of like a big bird head. Yeah. It's another one with a beak. So I had, there's the eye and the beak. Mm. Here's a cow-like head sticking through the surface. You can see the right side of it. So there's the eye, the nose, the mouth. Yeah. Do you recognize this one? Sort of? Looks like a sheep. Could be a sheep, sure. Yeah. Right, but there are all kinds. In most cases, all you see is the heads sticking through the surfaces. In some cases, you get the whole body, and I'm going to give some examples of that. Okay. So here's one that looks like the end of a staple remover, which is why I thought this one was interesting. This is, I presume, a head, but there's no way in nature to get this formation here. Well, that's kind of something strange, like the yeah. fang off the end, perfectly rectangular, yeah, hollow. Yeah, it looks like a door. Could be, but. But I'm going to suggest it's a head with a couple fangs off the end. And the reason I say that is on Earth, you don't see this rectangular um, pattern in life for the most part. Mm -hmm. You don't see that too often. Most, so you most see, heads, most fossils are curved. You see a head with fangs. 
ahead with two things. Maybe it could be something else. Whatever it is, it isn't. That's a because it was rock. coming to the surface to breathe, and it got flash fossilized. If it's a body part, yes. If that's what it is, rather than an artificial structure, but whatever it is, it's not a natural rock with that on the end of it, which is the point really that I'm making on that one. And uh, we get into things that are highly symmetrical, like this fossil right here. That's not a head. It's some other body part, and I don't know what it is. But you can see the symmetry here, left and right, bilateral. Yeah. In this. You don't get that that in natural rocks. (laughs) What is that right there, the slit? Now, this is one of my favorite ones. This is one I actually wanted to get to. Look at the symmetry on this. This actually is a head. There's no possible way with natural geologic processes for this to form. Where do you see You have bilateral symmetry right here. I'm going to show you. You have bilateral symmetry right here. This actually is the eye area. This is the back of the head right here. The mouth area is right here. It's mostly buried. This is a head partially exposed on the surface. Is that an ear at the top But it's highly angular. I don't know where the ear is on this. Probably here, but I think it would be worn away. If so, this is the eye area. But the real point I want to make here, David, is this is not like... This is not like the life that we see on Earth because of the angularity here in the head. I have thousands of examples like this. That's the reason I conclude this is a head. There's a whole category of fossils on Mars where the heads are highly, highly angular. See what my audience thinks. Do you think this is a head, folks? What do you think this is? So here's another one. Let me show some that are more terrestrial looking. Here's one that's more reptilian in appearance. It's not a great fossil, but it is... But I mean, but you get you get what I'm saying. Where I could say we could do this with clouds all day long, and I'll see something, you'll see something, and we disagree. No, I don't. I don't think so. Not on this. Here's one one where you can see the lips (laughs) of the upper and lower jaws sticking through the surface. Uh, Let me show you some full creatures. Okay. Since you're having difficulty with this, I mean, I just, I just don't. You recognize this head? Looks like a horse, maybe. Um, That's sticking through Mars surface. Okay. What is that? What do you see there? Well, there's the ear. It's pointed. But is it a sharp, short, a sharp, short snout, the eye area, and then a very thick neck pop through the surface. Again, unedited. Yeah, completely different from the color of the surface around it, even casting a shadow a little bit right here. Here's one with a row of teeth. That's a pretty decayed head, but you can actually make out, you know, that there's a set of teeth here that are white. So decayed head. So those are a few examples that I showed Sala. Here's a row of teeth, you know, they're exposed uh-huh. in a mouth of a fossilized head. Here's another one where you can make out the bridge over the eye, the eye, the nose, and the mouth sticking partially out of the side of a hill fossilized. Let's look at some full creatures now. Okay. These are on Mars also. So, audience, or, chime in here. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you see. Um, are they just rocks? Could they be structures? Are they actually animals? Well, take a look at the features on this one. This one is fully exposed. Yeah. You understand? I got to remain yeah, very neutral. This is for my of audience. Of course. Okay. Let me point out what's here: an amphibian-like mouth with a serrated lip. Upper and lower, so kind of like you'd see. I don't on the see what you're looking. What are you? Show it to Do me. you see these lines right here where my mouth is? 
that are going almost Bainly, perpendicular yes. to the mouth. Yes, okay. Yes. It's got a thick lip that's amphibian-like, the bridge of the nose, okay. eyes that are similar to ours with an eyelid that's closed, rectangular ear, so not round ear, but rectangular ear, okay. a wing-like structure on the back. And if you look here, there's actually a folded leg that has a shoulder joint with some nodules around it right here. So the leg is folded on one side right here. And I actually have better photos than this. I'm not willing to share them yet publicly. They'll be in my books of this can one I, right Can here. I be honest what I see? Where you can actually see it's eating a smaller thing right I here. I see a rock, bro. That's what I see. I don't see what you see. I, I can make something out of it, but I'm not insulting you at all. Believe me, I'm not. I, I just don't, I just kind of don't, I don't see it. Okay. Well, not everybody can. This is me. It, I mean, yeah. I, you're looking at a you're looking at a creature that has a humanoid face, other than the mouth, which is amphibian, more like a frog, that doesn't have evident teeth and a folded leg, so it's insectoid, in other words. And it's probably as big as you and I are bigger. Okay. Let me show you another one. Okay. I'll show you ahead. Maybe this one will be a little more obvious to you. Okay. Eventually, you know, some of these you'll see, some of them you won't. Right. You see this head right here? You ought to adjust it. Right here. Two mandibles coming off the nose. So nose area, the eyes closed. This is the ear on this one. And around its neck is a set of very ornate round nodules, actually. I've never seen anything on Earth like that. But this is a head with two mandibles. Only the head is exposed on the surface. Now, if I undo the adjustment I just did here, the automatic adjustment, this is the way NASA photographed it. No editing right here at all. And there are other heads around it, but this is the only one I'm going to point out. That one I showed to a paleontologist. He couldn't explain it other than as a fossil. You know, there are others that people can't explain. Now, let me show what's in my YouTube video where I show some other things. In fact... They go to it here. Um, let me get to it. And this is five hours long, which is why you and I can't do this today. But I said I'd show something on a comet and an asteroid mm -hmm. or a comet and a moon. Yeah, that's right. That's in here. But first, I'm going to show you some proof of a Titan on Mars. So let me open this up. I may have to mute it. I always forget that I'm not in my presentation when I do it this way. Let me make sure it's high def only. So I'll skip through some of this and give an example of some of the stuff in this presentation right here. Okay. I can't just click on it because it's not slides. We talked about that notice or a little bit. Mm -hmm. All right. This is a piece of flash fossilized wood on Mars' surface. It's cracked right here. They drove the rover right up to it. You can see the rover right here yeah, in the foreground. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thing. This is NASA that colorized it, okay? So this is how they took the photo, black and white. Okay. Then NASA colorized it and released it in color also. And they did an automatic colorization on it. So this was not done manually. That's lichen growing on top of this petrified wood. It's what? Lichen. Lichen. Okay. Lichen is complex biology. It's not microbes only. 
So this alone, if this is the only photo anyone could see from Mars today, this is proof of ongoing complex biological life on Mars surface right now. Mm. Lichen. And lichen is a primary food source along with algae for reptiles and insects and birds. A lot of people don't know that. It's a primary food source for them. There's a lot of algae. That almost looks like a petrified piece of wood there. I just told you it is a petrified piece of wood. Okay. Nice. Yeah. With lichen growing on it. Mm. Both of these things are proof of life on Mars. One in the past, the petrified one, wood, uh, one currently, the lichen. And this green stuff that you see in the soil in the background, this greenish-brown stuff, yeah, a lot of it is algae that's growing on Mars' surface today. And I have photos of mushrooms on Mars' surface, too, that I'll be showing uh, in the book. Okay. Proof of ongoing life on Mars. Here's the flash-fossilized iguana. A oh, there it is. Creature. Yeah, with a back leg. Man, right here. Yeah. With some other thing stuck to its tail this is actually a little head that's fossilized on the end of its tail right here and another one so some things wear off you know in the fossilization process but for the most part this is very well preserved completely on the surface turned to stone covered in some dust this is the head of a pterosaur like creature a reptile there's the wingtip the lower jaw the upper jaw with striations and by the way, I didn't show all this to Michael Sal. I presented this later. So, and I've got other things that I'm not showing publicly yet. So the upper jaw with striations. And in color, this would look a lot like the color combination you might see on some reptiles on Earth or some birds. Okay. And then a wingtip and presumably, though not definitely, presumably some claws, you know, sticking off the wingtip right here, maybe. Uh-huh. But this head is maybe the size of the rover in the background. In this case, it's the Curiosity rover, I believe, a big rover. So it's a big head. Yeah. And moving on. Okay, so I showed this one here again uh, with some copyright text across it because that's actually my better photo, but you're not seeing the best of it because it's it's multiple levels removed. You're seeing it in a presentation right. of a presentation of a presentation. Oh, a loctoid. So- that's what I call it because it resembles a locust and a humanoid face, mm. you know, with an amphibian mouth. That's the name I gave to it. So what do you have to say to people that say, you know, you could do this with clouds all day long. You're doing the same thing with rocks. I would say that everything I've shown you, despite your difficulty in seeing it, you know, some people see it easily, others not so much. Everything well, I'm that just I'm, saying I could make out about a hundred different things on each one, me personally, but I but look, I don't know. This is your presentation. So I'm just asking if someone in my audience asks everything, that, yeah, everything I'm sharing with you, uh-huh. you know, a qualified, a good paleontologist, somebody with a PhD, okay. for example, would recognize every one of them easily as a fossil. Okay. And not only easily as a fossil, but as vastly superior. Well, wouldn't they have to approach the fossil, look at it, pick it up, and examine it? You're just, but just by looking at it. No, you're taking... no. Most fossils are found because they see something sticking out of the ground, or. But how many times the do they pick the up the fossil or... and they go, "Okay, that's not a fossil. Put it back," or and then they find when they no, go, they can no. In many cases, they can just look at the patterning and know that they're looking at a fossil and not an ordinary rock. Before so you're they saying, do without a doubt, in your mind, these are all fossils, hundred percent. But I'm going to show you some others. So let's move on. So this is the head of a dinosaur sticking out from the side of a hill with a red eye. Not color adjusted. Here it is again, automatically adjusted like I was showing you in that same program. It's looking across a short area with another creature right here that has a beak. It's upright. 
with what looks like folded wings, you know, hanging off of its arms right here. They're looking at each other across a little valley. <laughs> and the better surface, you can see a little creature with its head pop yeah, through the surface yeah, between yeah. them. Yeah. But at any rate, that photo, get to a... You got to forgive me, man. Yeah, here. I, I don't, don't, don't be insulted. Don't, I just don't see it. I, I want to agree with you, but I got to be... It's okay. here. You're, I just there'll I be people in your audience to see it. Even I don't see it. I don't see it. I just see rocks. That's but okay, that's me though. You know, let's up my audience. Let me know, audience. Let yep. me see you, there are some absolutely structures that are that don't look. They do look like animals. Some of them. Some of them look like structures to me. I mean, maybe I just don't well. Have look, eye here's for this. the here's the point. You know, even if you only see one thing out of a hundred right. that I'm showing. You, Okay. That's all it takes. But but your whole theory is based on this is all. This is this is. They were flash fossilized all at the same time, coming to the surface for air. Correct? Am I right? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. You know, but somewhere I'm not not misunderstanding this. Hang on. Some were already on the surface. Okay. Okay. So once it got buried, and we're only seeing heads, that's what happened. Okay. Here's one that I call a dump truck size locust, but I didn't name that. Someone named Andrew Bajago did. He described it to me in a 10-hour interview I did with him. Andrew Bajago, the time traveler guy? Yeah, he claims time travel. But anyway, there are a few things he was able and someone else was able to describe to me as existing on Mars, okay. for which I had good photographs. This is one of them. They'd never seen these photos. Andy's never seen this one to this day. He lost his eyesight, more or less. Oh, I've heard I about that. I'm sorry about this. that. Yeah. Yep. So this thing right here is a large creature that has a V-shape on top, like the appendages to a wings, but no wings. They could have worn away or they might never have been there. It's got segmented legs, three segmented legs with the segments of different shapes. So here's the back one coming off the back. Here's the middle one. Here's the front one. And then here's part of the other front one. And then a manted kind of heart-shaped head right here with two eyes, the mouth area and right here and i'm again you can't see the better photos here just what i'm willing to share today because i wasn't able to pull those up in time for our interview but this is a humanoid skull between its legs right here it looks humanoid mm. right here yeah andrew bajago described this creature as the size of a truck very fast having six legs he called it you know a truck or dump truck size lo- locust he said it had a mantid like head and that it was carnivorous and if one was coming after you on the surface of Mars, you might as well just sit down and let it eat you because you're not going to escape it. Mm-hmm. That's basically how he described the thing. Wow. So, you know, and he had no knowledge of the fact that I had photos of this thing. And by the way, those are recorded interviews. Someday I'll release them publicly. I have. Oh, he didn't see this photo? He, he never said he's never, never seen it. No. So how did he know about this locust? He claims to have been on Mars' surface in a secret space program. And this is one of the creatures that they told him about, warned him about in that program. He saw some others he was just warned about. This is one he never personally saw, but he described it to me. And he's never seen it. But he gave me enough anatomical details, you know, to describe this thing very, very well. And here it is. NASA doesn't know they photographed this thing. Like, they don't know that they photographed a lot of these things. So I show here a series of photos of a creature moving. Bat, you know, in large, large movements between these objects. And by the way, this is a, you've seen the devil type tails, right? Mm-hmm. That they show on costumes and things. This is a devil type tail sticking off of the end of this fossil. 
And I'm not really focusing on that, so that's not the focus of what I'm sharing in this presentation, but here it is again. What I'm focusing on are a couple of creatures that are shown that move, and one in particular in this set of photos. People have to go up and watch this uh, on YouTube on the presentation. In fact, maybe I can just play it while it's muted so you can kind of see what I'm doing, and I'll just narrate through it a little bit. So there's nothing here. I want you to notice these two spots right here where my mouse is. You don't see anything obvious sticking right here, nor over here, these three areas right here. So basically this area. As I, there were a number of photos that NASA took back to back from the same rover. And again, ignore what I'm pointing to here because I'm not gonna go into description on this thing here and what we're talking about. It's not obvious enough for this. So I'm showing what's to the right of that thing that had the tail over here and talking about some other fossils in the background kind of peripherally, but what I'm really getting to here is this thing right here. So notice this object right here. Mm -hmm. You see that? Yeah. Notice where it is. It's behind this thing right here, right? Right. Okay. If I go backward a little bit here. You'll notice this is these are the same two objects we were just looking at. Yeah. That thing is not here. It's missing. So they photoshopped it out? No, they didn't photoshop it out. Watch what happens here. So again, here it is. Mm -hmm. Now it's not here, but it's right here. Mm -hmm. So it was not there. Then it's over here. Then it's over here. Absent and then in two different places, here and here, between a series of photos. Okay. Okay, so again, what do here, you think that is? Not over here. Some sort of creature. A very, very strange one. Uh, in the best photos I've been able to find of it, it looks like it's got a shelled back and, a, and almost like a double head at the top. It's a weird looking thing. But you can see it right here. And a moment ago, you could see it over here. There, huh? yeah. yeah, so here, here, and then neither place. So to me, that kind of thing, you know, with a series of photos taken in succession by the rover, suggests current life on Mars surface that's more complex even than just algae. Mm -hmm. So moving on from that, this is an orbital photo. You should recognize this as not just a rock. Right. This is frozen soil or ice around mm -hmm. it that's relatively flat, taken from orbit around Mars. The length of what you're seeing here is about 35 miles. Damn. This is what JPL said about it. These North Polar Dunes look odd, like a plant or fossil or some alien creature. That is the most out there on a limb NASA's ever gone in any statement concerning Mars about anything. And that's what JPL said, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory of NASA. Of course, they lied because they don't know what to make of it. The alien right. creature was the only true part. And what they said, it's actually a titan-sized reptile that makes Godzilla look like a peon. At the same time that they took this photo, they took an infrared. This is the same area right here from orbit. Okay. An infrared photo. This rectangle here is so where's this. The, is that just the back of it and the tail? or what? what, what do we yes, have? it's the back and the neck, probably. Oh. oh, okay. So the neck going, it's like a giraffe type of thing. Well... You know, it's either an artificial structure that's unimaginably huge, and who would build something like that? 
right, right. to make it look right. like a reptile with huge scales. I mean, even these tiny scales. Yeah, they, 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 I'll give you that, man. It does look like it has scales like an alligator. Even these tiny scales over here are the size of mountains. Wow. To put this in perspective. Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. They're the size of mountains on Earth. You're talking 35 miles here. Yeah. The overall length, if you include what's under the ice per this infrared image, is maybe 70 miles. Now, you would expect a creature like this, if it's a creature to have a head that might be miles in size, right? Right. Okay. So everybody's seen the the uh, Cydonia area of Mars that uh, Petra, people like Richard Hoagland popularized and suggested there's some face on Mars, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. That face, which is highly decayed, is about a mile, roughly, in dimensions each way. Okay. Okay. Badly decayed. Right. Could be an artificial object. Could literally be just a mountain. I wouldn't argue with either position because, in my view, it's a pretty poor image of a of a potential fossil. That one is. What you're looking at here is very good, however. This isn't poor by any standard. And I have photos of other heads on Mars' surface that are more exposed than that supposed face on Mars mm -hmm. that are between a mile and a quarter and three and a half miles in size each. Damn. That show their jaws, the eye sockets, in some cases the mouths. All right. Uh, actual skulls exposed. Well, I do. I will say what orbit. I see right there. I don't know what the hell I'm looking at, but I will say it looks like scales or like a like an alligator. It does well, look like that to me. That's what I do see there. Fair enough. So like an again, alligator. It only takes it only takes one, and it only takes one to prove my entire thesis. But at any rate, that being said. I've showed hundreds in this presentation, not to you, many better ones than I'm able to share to you and just show to you in just this period of time today. But that being said, well, I, I got to tell you, I want to get to a comet in the moon. Okay, let's look at that. Let's Quickly. Look at yep, let's move on. I'm a little pressed for time here. I got about five minutes left. Yep, we'll get to it in that period and then I'll let you ask any questions you want to ask. Okay. But I, reckon, I recommend people go see this. It's a five hour interview with with lots of things that I share and go into more detail. And all right. Uh, all right. So this is a comet right here. That's a comet. That's the comet. Not this part. Right, right. Everything around it. Oh, wow. You're looking at a reptilian head sticking through the side of a comet. <laughs> okay. Uh, where? Where? Show me, please. Right here. So... This is the mouth. There's the lower jaw, the mouth, the nose area right here, the eye, which you'll notice is horizontal, the eyelid, right. the ear area, either here or here. I think that I think it's actually here, the ear on this one, but either of these things is the ear. And then part of the neck. This is about 30 feet in diameter, this head. Okay. So it's a small titan, if you will, sticking through the set of through the uh, surface of the comet, totally different color. From the rest of the comet, this is not edited. This is the way it was photographed by the space agency that took this photo. Yeah. It's not edited at all. So I haven't done anything to make this more visible or anything else. And that right there is proof of non-terrestrial life sticking out of the surface of a comet. It died that way. It was ejected from one of these planetary bodies. Could have been Mars. Could have been the planet that blew up. Made its way to the surface in this debris. And instantly froze. So this is not flash fossilized. This is freeze-dried. What you're seeing right here? 
Yeah. It froze as it exposed, you know, as it was exposed to space, you know, trying to take its final breath right there. Okay. Now let's move on to the moon. Okay. I'll leave this for my audience to decide. Yep. And what are we looking at here? All right. So this is a creature that was trying to make its way to the surface on the lunar surface. Okay. Photographed by an Apollo astronaut. You're looking at the paw right here that's exposed. So like a hand turned toward the camera. Mm-hmm. Part of the leg, the shoulder, and then the head on the right side. There's the mouth. Yeah, the lower jaw right here. The mouth, the nose area, the eye area. So the head right here. And then the leg with the paw exposed. Same pattern that you'd see of five digits on a creature on are, Earth. Are you open? Larger to like if, are you open to someone saying you're just uh, looking too deep into this? Maybe these are just things no, you're seeing. Other no, people honest, see something. No, what? I'm not. No honest paleontologist would look at that and think that. They'd look at this and say, that's a creature. That's a fossil. Hands down. No question about it. Okay. And let me let me give for you and your audience someone to look up. His name is William Ramoser, R-O-M-O-S-E-R. William Ramoser? R-O-M-O-S-E-R. Okay. A 40-year professor of entomology at a university who wrote textbooks, college-level textbooks on entomology. He came out a few years ago. I think it was 2018. I'd have to go look. And went public with some photos on Mars saying, this is proof of anthropo- anthrop- anthropoden, meaning insect life. And this is proof of a, a reptilian life on Mars with his own photos. Now the photos he shared were very, very poor compared to the ones that I've shown you. Right. But this is a professor who's well-regarded globally, who was a professor. He is a professor. Uh, I have no doubt, Tim, no doubt that these do resemble. Well, let me, let me, let me make some of them, but I, yeah, I want to say something in all that. I showed him because I've been in communication with him since then. I showed him this right here Mm -hmm. and a couple other things. He said, hands down unambiguously, that is an insectoid on Mars. This is a much, much better photo than the ones that he was using to try to prove his point publicly to other anthropologists and paleontologists he presented now, now understand tim i'm i'm simply disagreeing with you. i'm not trying to be condescending nothing like that i'm leaving this to my my audience i don't see what you see in a lot of these but hey i just may not have the eye for it okay but i will well, do you say, see it in one or two of them yeah like yeah, the creature with the legs see, on the surface of back, I, can, I i'm begging right. to say that i can see that in clouds as well but I'm not insulting you. You, you just, cannot see that. Okay, be honest. I see things there in clouds. I see clouds. birds. I see people in clouds. <laughs> I see all kinds of shit in clouds, especially right, if I'm Well, lying. you're not going to see this. You're not going to see these kinds of things anywhere <laughs> other than if they're a fossil. It. Okay. <laughs> Good enough. Look, but bro, anyway. I love you, man. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I, know. I am not insulting anyone. I'm playing devil's advocate here. I don't see it. That's me. That's just me. I don't have the eye for this stuff. Maybe I'm not an artist. I don't know. Well, but... maybe some in your audience who do. See uh, these that's that's why I want my hey, audience to look at this and tell me what do they see? Yep. Do you see flash me... frozen or fossilized creatures, or do you let see me... rocks that you can make anything out to if you look at it hard enough? That's all I'm saying. All right. Let me say this for your audience and okay. for you, David. Here's a five-hour presentation that I gave uh, last year that shows these things, you can see them a little better than what I'm showing today in some cases, and a lot more than what I was able to share today in this, with more discussion, more background. 
But this is a tiny, tiny sliver of what's in my solar apocalypse series that's coming. Okay. This is a half hour interview that I did with someone who claimed to be on Mars, like Andrew Bajago, who claimed to be there with Andrew Bajago, in fact, at the same time. And who, like Andy, was able to describe some things to me before this in 10 hours of interviews that I separately did with him. All of these things were recorded that I'll share someday publicly, the recordings. But anyway, he was able to tell me about certain things on Mars that nobody else could tell me about, for which I had photos that he didn't know existed. And these are guys who, when I interviewed them, both Andrew Bajago and this guy was William White Crow. And how do you, nothing at all about me or my background. They agreed to interview me because it was a request that was made of them, or for me to interview them, I mean. At any rate, these are photos that were taken on Mars that matched more or less some things that William White Crow described to me as being there in this presentation right here. So I did a follow-up half hour with him. I wanted to do one with Andy, but his eyes were too poor at this point for me to do it. But William White Crow was able to describe this creature right here, which has a pig-like snout and two eyes and these strange legs behind it. You can't see it well right here because I'm not playing it. Um, if I, oh, and he was able to describe this weapon on Mars surface too. This is one somebody abandoned on Mars. It's not actually a pistol. It's a, it's a gun of sorts. It's an energy weapon that looks a bit like a pistol. The energy pack goes into the back of it right here above the stock. Mm -hmm. This was abandoned on Mars and it's got a lens in front. The real weapon does the way that he described it. They call it a flash gun or a pulse pistol. It fires a microwave-like discharge that pulverizes what's in front of it. Can I ask you how you know that? Because you talk to people on that have been on Mars that say that that's what that gun is. Multiple people described this weapon, okay. including him. And he described the grip and the uh, the power pack that would go into the back of it above the grip and these kinds of things to me in the 10 hours of interviews. And I said, wow, that's interesting. I have a photo like that. I didn't tell him when he was describing it in the 10 hours, but I knew that I had a photo that matched what he was describing. And actually, NASA took four photos of that, three or four, I think it was four. He described, along with Andrew Bajago, being dive-bombed by pterodactyls on Mars. Mm -hmm. So this is the bird-like beak right here in the head. This is completely fossilized. This is a dead one. Just leaning up against the side of a hill, basically fossilized into it. So not a great photo. I didn't show him the best ones of that, but I had some things that sort of correlated to that. So I shared that one with him. And then this is uh, unedited with this creature here. I don't I can't move this window to show it. Well, I can to show it to you better. So this is unadjusted, very blown up. So it's a little blurry. And then that's with automatic adjustment. This one he described for me in the interview. So what I did basically in this half hour interview, you know, and he described this one too. So did Andrew Bajago. They called this a uh, plesiosaur-like creature on Mars. This is a fossil. Um, but Andy said it had a serpent-like neck a horse-like head and a plesiosaur-like body, but it was a land animal, not a sea creature. Mm -hmm. And I had, you know, a pretty decent uh, image right here of something resembling that. Okay. So I showed that to William White Crow was going to show it to Andy as a fossil. This is taken at a great distance. Uh, so not super sharp. And this is with it just color adjusted, unedited, but automatically adjusted. At any rate, the point is, I did a half hour follow-up interview in this one with Andrew, uh, excuse me, William Whitecar that people can see and catch or, and uh, see his reactions. So basically we could say what you're saying here is 
for my audience, in short, dinosaurs on Mars, basically, is what we're looking at. Insectoids, dinosaurs. There are also photos of humanoids and artificial structures. I'm not sharing those publicly yet, but they exist. And so I'll be sharing some pretty stunning artificial structures on Mars that are very obviously artificial, you know, like you'd see on Earth. And then a lot of additional fossils. I have tens of thousands of these. So I'm only sharing, you know, hundreds at this point publicly. Right. Just more as examples of categories, loose categories. And so these were recorded here back in 2016 when I first started to go public with this stuff. After interviewing Andrew Bajaga, William White. Do most people you talk to agree with you or disagree with you? A lot agree, a lot disagree because they're like you. They just are kind of blind to it. They can't see it. (laughs) Blind to it? Come on, man. I just see Yeah, you don't have the mental acuity to see it. Sorry. You just don't. You can develop it. I see what, what no, you, no, no, no. I see here's what, what you can do. No, no, no. Hold here's, on. Here's my challenge. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I yep, see what yep, you're yep. seeing. I see it. I just disagree. That's okay. all. Well, That's it. I, I love just... you and you're wrong. <laughs> so here's what I'll say to you on this. Okay. If you go to what paleontologists are discovering and calling fossils on Earth and the photos that they show in magazines and newspapers of them before they're excavated. Okay. Are you sure it's just not what you want to believe? So you're saying. No, no, no. Hear what I'm saying. Okay. Go and find those, all right, all right. and I will guarantee you that in almost all cases, you'll think they're less obvious than what I've shown you. But let's go out on a cloudy day, and I'll point out clouds, and I'll tell you what I see. And if you don't see it, you don't have the mental acuity. I'll say you're seeing things because <laughs> I'm not. Well, like I'm going to say they're cloud people. I'm going to say they're cloud people. I don't see things in clouds. I see real stuff like this. All right. Well, Tim, so, I appreciate like, you coming on. Yeah. You're awesome. Thank you. I really Thank do. You. I'm not insulting. Yeah, thanks for having me. I just. I, I just let's let's let my audience decide. Is that fair enough? You bet. Let me tell people where they can see this stuff, though. Okay. I encourage everybody to go watch this five-hour presentation. Uh, this is mostly on Mars, but it shows the one on the comet and the one on the asteroid. Uh, excuse me, the one on the comet and the one on the moon that I showed you. They'll see it a little better because they'll be able to see it in better resolution than a than a video of a video of a video. And uh, they can see this half-hour one with William Whitecrow. And they can see my original initial presentation publicly when I talked about some of these things to a group. Somebody, you know, their footage was lost. So somebody in the audience shared his cell phone footage of this. People can see it. It's not great, but they can see it well enough. So I recommend those. That's author Tim Cohen. And then if they want to know more, you know, about that, or for that matter, the Antichrist and a Cup of Tea, right? Yeah. My book on that topic. Yep. They can go to uh, prophecyhouse.com, my website. And if I can pull it up here, let's go to it. There we go. And uh, see my available books and CD and DVD sets. And I'll have about 40 books out in the next two to three years, three multi-volume series. And uh, yeah, I'm going to overturn macroevolutionary astrophysics and cosmogony with that solar apocalypse series, I'm going to completely destroy it. Beautiful. You know, by showing yeah. that comets and asteroids are actually filled with complex biological fossils and these other things, so that people know that our solar system could not have formed by any of the models that old age, you know, people who are macroevolutionists who don't believe what scripture says, you know, claim are the basis for the formation of our solar system and other solar systems. They don't know what they're talking about. Tim, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you coming on. My audience will decide. Folks, yep. maybe you see things I don't. I don't know, but it's up to you, audience. You tell me in the uh, in the chat, in the comments. Let them know and check out his site, Prophecy House. 
Um, this is awesome. So, Tim, thank you. Thank you, Nino, Nino and uh, I hope I'm saying that right. Nino. Yeah, we, you can put the yeah. in you. Yeah. <laughs> you can just say Nino. You can say Nino. Nino, okay. Shalom. God bless. God bless you, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you.